This is 105.9 The Region. There are so many ways of communicating these days, but nothing seems to beat the one-on-one. This is In Conversation with Ann Romer. Welcome to In Conversation. Thank you for being with us. This show is, in my view, up front, up close, and full of gratitude. Her website says she's a Canadian journalist, media personality, and fashion entrepreneur. Jeannie Becker is so much more than that. Let's go back a bit. Host The New Music, entertainment anchor City Pulse News, host fashion television, seen in more than 130 countries, editor-in-chief FQ and Sir Magazines, author of five books, including her autobiography, Finding Myself in Fashion, contributing editor and columnist for some of Canada's major newspapers and lifestyle magazines. She has fabulous clothing collections. She's the recipient of the Order of Canada and has earned a Canadian Screen Achievement Award. She's an inductee into Canada's Walk of Fame. Oh, and that brings us to today. Jeannie is the style editor of the Shopping Channel and to the delight of many, including me, she has a regular series on TSC called Style Matters with Jeannie Becker. She joins us now in conversation. Welcome, Jeannie. Wow, wow, what an intro. <laughs> Hi, and oh my God, it's good to hear your voice. Oh, it's and been so, way too long. <laughs> so good to hear your voice. And I, I almost, I needed to, a, a stiff glass of water after reading that long introduction. You've done so much. And honestly, that's just the tip of the iceberg. How does it feel to be the hardest working woman, I believe, in the media? <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but I certainly um, do it all with great gusto and passion is the secret. I think it's the secret to longevity. It's the secret to living a a very full, rich life. And it's the secret to just keep on going. I mean, I I don't know where I'd be without the passion that I have for my work. It brings me so much joy. You said in an interview right after you were told you were a part of the Walk of Fame that about career and fame, quote, I have worked my butt off and quite happily so, end quote. I agree. No question. I mean, I think that's why I chose the path that I chose. I wanted to be a communicator. I wanted to be able to touch people. I wanted to be able to tell stories. And uh, because of that, you know, it just gives me so much joy. I love people so much. Uh, The fashion arena proved to be such a perfect place to really celebrate individuality and tell people stories. Um, so it, it's been a very happy, long, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> tedious, uh, bumpy, often road, but uh, it's been an exhilarating ride, and I wouldn't have had it any other way. Our station, 105.9 The Region, is a music station with talk on Saturdays, but primarily music. We are 80s, 90s, and now. How does the new music factor into your life's journey and the success that you have seen through the years? What did you think about your time at the new music? Oh, that was such a glorious era. Um, Musically, especially, what was going on musically was so fabulous. But listen, I'm a child of the 60s. You know, I grew up uh, listening to the Beatles and going to a Beatles concert and, and, and bearing myself under the covers, listening to my favorite DJs on my transistor radio and, and just, you know, really absolutely loving music as much as I think just about everybody else who grew up in my generation did. So when I had the chance to co-host this groundbreaking music magazine show and actually get to meet some of my 
childhood idols. You know, I grew up with a poster of Paul McCartney <laughs> over my bed. And, you know, before I knew it, there I was interviewing Paul McCartney or, you know, interviewing Keith Richards on a beach in Antigua or meeting Robert Plant or hanging out in a hotel room with the Who. Like, it was just such a fantasy for me. And the time was so perfect to do that kind of television because we were making it up as we went along. There were no real rules back then and we were just uh, having the time of our lives it was incredible and and energized me to such a degree um, I think I really loved the larger-than-life uh, persona of these rock stars uh, they were such characters and nowhere did I find characters you know quite that uh, large and fabulous um, other than the rock and roll arena until I entered into the fashion arena, and that seemed to be a natural progression because certainly there were people whose egos were bigger than the rock stars, the designers. <laughs> fashion television seen the world over. One of the best behind-the-scenes shows when it comes to fashion that I have ever seen, and I know millions feel the same way. So it was a, a real lifting of, of the curtain of the veil, the catwalk, the designers, the divas, the dresses, the drama, even the duds. So what stands out in your mind about that particular time, fashion television? Who was great and who was eh? <laughs> well, I'm, I've certainly never been um, a critic, and I am not... Uh, that type of, of journalist where I would, you know, be very judgmental about what was going on and trash someone while I was celebrating someone else. That wasn't my style and, and it wasn't what I wanted to do in the scene. All I wanted to do was introduce these fabulous designers and their incredible artful wares to the every woman and every man. And I wanted to take people by the hand every week, which I did, and lead them into this incredible larger-than-life world where all these possibilities just exploded every five seconds. I mean, it was just such a glamorous arena, and for me to be able to open that window onto that world for people um, was very, very joyful. Um, But I was, you know, learning as I went along. I mean, I didn't ever even consider myself a fashion expert or a fashion journalist with a capital J. I was an entertainment reporter, um, and that's the way I reported on fashion. And I think that's what made it so palatable to everybody. That helped democratize it. Uh, it, it made it easier to understand. Um, and there was just, you know, it, it, well, fashion has changed so much. The industry has changed so much. I mean, it, it, I'm just so lucky and blessed that I was part of that scene at that particular time in history. Why did you decide to put pen to paper the autobiography, your autobiography, Finding Myself in Fashion? So why then? What did you learn about yourself? Well, first of all, that was my second autobiography. I came out with a book in the year 2000 uh, called Genie Unbottled, Adventures in High Style. And I wrote that book... um, (laughs) I was actually contracted to write that book before my life blew up. In 1998, um, just as I thought I had the best life anyone could imagine, and I was riding high on the success of fashion television, and and, and life was just, you know, so so brilliant and beautiful, and I had two little girls, and I was madly in love, you know, with uh, uh, my husband. My life blew up. I mean, I know it sounds naive to say, but it's true. Out of nowhere, it seemed to be. You know, my husband told me he was leaving, 
and I just flipped out. It was like my, my world came crashing down, and I thought, oh, my God, what can I do now? I've, I've created this monster. I've got this gigantic career. How am I going to manage it? What's going to happen? Anyway, it was right around that time that I had to start writing this book about my, uh, my life that I had been contracted to do, and I thought, you know, I definitely have to talk about my marriage breakup in the book, and I have to just tell my personal story and, and, and make sure that people understood that, yes, it was the end of a lot of things for me, but it was also the beginning of a whole lot more, that I was going to put one foot in front of the other and do what my parents, who were Holocaust survivors, always taught me to do, and that was to not be afraid and to never give up. So I marched on and uh, then, you know, so that's where that book took me to, you know, my marriage breakup and how I kind of started picking up the pieces. And then fast forward a decade later, and I had come out of all that, you know, devastation and I was still riding high on the hog and and, uh, loving my life and and being very successful. And so I wrote another book uh, called Finding Myself in Fashion, which was all about how I was walking the line um, and, and doing a major juggling act, raising my girls and, and carrying on with my fabulous career and just life and, and what that was like to, to really balance it all. Um, so, you know, I think it's time now, though, you know, for this next decade, another book about <laughs> finally finding a kind of uh, inner peace and happiness and uh, coming to terms with the choices that I've made in life and really just loving life and celebrating life and uh, and myself. We are in conversation with Jeannie Becker when we come back rebuilding her life with style and panache. This is In Conversation with Ann Romer. Is there someone you want to learn more about? Drop us a line. Info at 1059theregion.com. Ann Romer will be right back on 1059 The Region. Welcome back to In Conversation with Ann Romer on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to In Conversation. We are with Jeannie Becker. And Jeannie, you talked about how your life exploding and imploding. How important was the sense of family, your daughters, but also your parents? What, what did they serve to do to get you through those really tough times? Well, I mean, my parents brought me up with such strong values and such family values, you know, their entire families were decimated um, in the Holocaust. And they came to Canada, immigrated here in 1948, absolutely penniless, but really rebuilt their shattered lives, you know, like phoenixes rising from the ashes. And were a great source of inspiration to me um, all through my childhood because they always encouraged me to follow my dreams and, uh, and to just really... Uh, keep going forward, no matter what. That, that's what it was all about. You've got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. You know, you just can't spend too much time looking back. Uh, you know, my daughters, uh, when, when my husband left, my daughters were about eight and ten. Um, uh, and I thought, what, how am I going to raise these, these kids now, like as a single mom with this great big career where I was on the road so much of the time, running around the world, how was I going to make sure that these little girls knew that at the end of the day, I would always be there for them, no matter what. And I was there to help encourage them to live out their dreams. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it really goes on and on. But, but the way things have worked out now, I mean, I'm just so 
absolutely thrilled because it, it really is kind of magical because I, I feel that because I worked as hard as I did for all those years, I have the means now to, to really, you know, live the kind of life that, you know, I had imagined for myself, you know, years and years and years ago, but just never thought I'd be able to achieve. And I have the ability to, to help my kids live out their dreams and, and lead the kinds of lives that, uh, that they aspire to. So, you know, I, I'm knock on wood a thousand times, but um, thank God uh, I'm, I'm in a very good place in my life. And, uh, you know, it hasn't come easy. Nothing in life worth anything does. But it's great, you know, that at this age and stage, I'm going to be 70 next year. Woohoo! Never thought I'd ever even say that. Um, and, you know, so far, so good. Jeannie, we've all been through difficult divorces. Uh, I certainly have experienced that myself. Is there someone special in your life now? Is there a need oh. for someone special in your life now? <laughs> Okay, so, and I probably should have mentioned him, you know, quite a while back in the conversation (laughs) because, yes, of course, of course, of course, and I don't think I would have um, achieved the kind of um, happiness um, and and peace of mind and joy in my life if it hadn't been for my partner, Ian. I met him um, one romantic evening at the Moonlight Gala, a fundraiser at the Michael Gallery, and he basically just walked into my life. He, wow. he just walked up to me, and um, it was love at first sight. I honestly tell you, you've got to believe in miracles, and you've got to have faith, even for people that maybe not, you know, haven't yet found the right one, but um, you, you've just got to have patience and faith sometimes, that if you really keep an open heart and an open mind, and you really believe and believe in your dreams, I really think they can be realized. And that's what Ian uh, has been for me. So we're celebrating our sixth anniversary uh, in June, um, six years of, of being together and, and just leading this wonderful life where we're really there for each other. We have the same values, I believe, and and we really have a, a lot of the same dreams and, and uh, and aspirations, and we live life with passion, and we live a lot of our time now at our country house. We, bought this glorious uh, house at Century uh, Home uh, in uh, a little village called Warkworth, Ontario. Very magical. And uh, we just, uh, I I don't know, we've we've created this cozy nest for ourselves and we're we're very blessed and very happy. You know, I've known you for decades. I love you. And I am so, I'm almost in tears hearing this. I'm so happy for you and Ian. Well, thank you. It was a long time coming. And like I say to anyone who's listening out there who just thinks, okay, that's it. You know, it's passed by. It's never going to happen. You just never know because all it takes is one, one moment, one day, one night, and, and one stranger who walks into your life and, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, the fireworks go off and, uh, and it's magical. I mean, I, you know, I don't know where, you know, life is going to take us. I mean, nobody does, but I've really learned to appreciate living in the moment and uh, being grateful for, for what I have and uh, not being bitter about what went on in the past because, you know, horrible stuff happens to all of us. I just think it's that's part of life, you know, and you just got to hang on to the good stuff and really, really just fight for what you have and uh, don't ever be afraid and don't ever give up, just like my parents taught me. 
And the same could be said about your career. Look where you are now, style editor of the Shopping Channel, and you also host a regular series on TSC called Style Matters with Jeannie Becker. You have a podcast. How did all of this come about with the Shopping Channel? Well, you know, that was interesting. Fashion television, of course, was canceled in 2012, and it was kind of devastating, if you can imagine. I did that show for 27 years, and a lot of my identity was wrapped up in it. And But I knew that I had to keep on going, and I had this uh, wonderful clothing line um, at the time uh, that was being sold at the Bay, but we wanted to expand our our channels, and I went to the shopping channels, you know, because I thought, okay, that sort of could combine shopping, uh, fashion, and television, and all these things that I, you know, that I loved. Maybe I could do something on the shopping channel, and I actually pitched this, this idea to them that I could be a style editor there and do a destination program about fashion and style and showing women how to put it all together. So did that show, um, started it, yeah, in 2015. Um, and it's still going strong now. We, it's, it's in hiatus for the summer, but we'll be back in September again. Um, and uh, it's just been a great joy to connect with real women in this way, talking to them about where they live. And, and you know, listen, fashion is never going to save the world, not by a long shot. But it does have great transformational powers. And when used in the right way, it's a wonderful tool for self-expression, and it brings uh, a lot of people a certain kind of joy. And at this point in time, I think we need all the joy we can get. So I, you know, started working with the people at TSC. That's uh, operated by Rogers. Um, so you know, a wonderful multimedia organization. It just feels so right for me to be there at this point. Launched a podcast last fall called Beyond Style Matters. So that's been great fun to talk about, you know, more than just the clothes we wear. Style is really about the way we move through the world. So I get to talk to all kinds of people about that, you know, just the business of of living and uh, lifestyle. And and it's just been a great joy. You are go, go, go in everything you do, personally, professionally. When and how do you stop, stop, stop? Um, I know if I ever stop, 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 because I think when something is that, you know, such a part of you, it just becomes, you know, part of your whole, you know, mosaic, uh, your whole spiritual mosaic in a sense. Um, but again, I say I managed to have this relationship with this wonderful man, um, and we just have such a great time together, um, just just hanging out. We spend a lot of time in the country. We still have uh, our home in the city, and it's important to, you know, go back there and reconnect. It's been a bit odd, obviously, during the pandemic, and we're so, so grateful that we have this place in the country. But, you know, we uh, we just go for walks. We uh, we hang out in our hot tub. Uh, we, uh, we have great meals together. Uh, we go for lots of little day trips to, to all the wonderful little towns and villages throughout Northumberland County. That's uh, where we're situated. It's just such a beautiful, beautiful uh, piece of the province. And, um, you know, we listen to music. We watch old movies. We read books. I do painting. I, um, I did a lot of knitting this past winter. Wow. <laughs> I made all kinds of stuff for my friends. You, you know, it, it's just been Really, really fun. And writing. Again, I love writing. So I've been busy doing a lot of my writing. And I get into the zone when I write and just really, you know, go off in my own little space. And, and that's a wonderful feeling, too. So, yeah. And I bake a lot. I, I bake 
too many cookies and cakes and pies, and uh, that's been a great joy too. So yeah, lo- lots of lots of stuff to do. My daughter happily, one of my daughters, my oldest daughter Becky, lives nearby. She's on a uh, on our family farm, which is about 15 minutes from the village that I'm in, and uh, you know, she goes to the farmers market every Saturday because she's an organic farmer as well as being an artist and an animator. So um, I help her sometimes at the farm stand at the Coburg Farmer's Market in Saturday. And uh, I in the Yukon. So that's, you know, that's kind of I'm hankering to go out there now uh, to see. So that's a long way away. But she's a brilliant uh, singer-songwriter. I, you know, I, I have a, a lot of conversations with her, and she brings me a lot of joy. So, yeah, thank God for the girls. And just... Yes. Uh, you know, trying to take it all in as much as I can and appreciating every second of and it. And live life to the fullest. You know, I hearken back to a very young Jeannie Becker. Uh, I understand that you boarded a bus to Manhattan and then eventually <laughs> moved to Paris. And then you found your way to Newfoundland. You were a mime in Newfoundland. Then you got your first your first really big break with CBC Radio. But it makes me think of your daughter, Joey, who kind of followed that same path all the way up to the Yukon. Yeah, she went there up eight years ago um, to go to an art school there. And she was just, you know, mom, I'm just going for a year just as a great adventure and I'll, you know, I'll be back. And I thought, oh, yes, okay, that's a fun kind of thing to do, sure. And then after that first year, she called and she said, mom, you know, I don't think I want to be a visual artist anymore. I'm going to be a musician. She's very talented in both areas. She said, so I've I've just, you know, I'm not going to be going to the school anymore, but I've decided that I want to stay here for another year because I've fallen in love with the community. And I thought, oh, no, okay, well, maybe one more year won't be too bad. And then another year and another year and another year. And eight years later, she's still there. She comes back to visit, of course, and I've been up there quite a few times. We just uh, purchased a a log cabin together on two and a half acres uh, up there in the Yukon. So now I have even more reason to go (laughs) visit her at her new home uh, because it's part of my home too. Uh, And, uh, you know, what can I tell you? uh, She she just amazes me because she's chosen a, a difficult path too. I mean, to be a musician is not easy, not at all. But again, she has such passion for what she does that I have to applaud it. And I certainly encourage it. And I think she's wildly talented. Her name is Joey Mm O'Neill. If you're uh, looking for her music, she's got uh, some some great albums out there and and she's uh, got some great videos too. So stay tuned. And then, uh, you know, I, I, my kids really have become such important. uh, They were always important to me. I mean, ever since they were like babies, I I never really, had a chance to spend as much time with them as I would have liked to as they were growing up, of course, because I was running around the world so much. But I always made them know that I was there for them if they really needed me. You know, I was always just a phone call away. You know, wherever I was in the world, I always had a cell phone in my pocket. And, uh, and when I came home every weekend, no matter what, I would just be with them relentlessly. I mean, the family would, you know, we we had a little cottage on a lake in Muskoka and we would go there 48 weekends a year for 10 years. I mean, when we were uh, together and then when my husband uh, and I broke up, my my husband took the cottage, sadly, and I, you know, sort of thought, well, what am I going to do with the girls on weekends? And and I, um, I got myself this farm. And that's why, you know, Becky, my eldest daughter, has fallen so in love with, with the farm and farming that she actually lives there now. So uh, it's just been, um, it's been a great journey, and 
I, I, you know, a lot of people look back at their lives at this point in life and they go, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that, I've got regrets, maybe I could have done something else. And I must say, proudly, yeah, did I make a lot of bad decisions? Maybe. But for whatever reason, even those bad decisions got me to where I am today. And I am just so grateful um, that I have no regrets. If I had to do things all over again, would I do them any differently? I don't think so. I really don't think so. Wow. Getting to know the real Jeannie Becker, this has been sensational. Jeannie, thank you so much for joining us in conversation. Thank you so much, and You're just such a doll and, and such a, a brilliant woman. I, I feel so grateful to have you in my life, and uh, this has been wonderful reconnecting and, and telling you a little bit more about my life story. Thank you. And it is so interesting, and I'm going to have to get the hanky out again. You're making me cry. Thank you, Jeannie. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, Annie, thank you so much, love. Thanks. We leave you now with a song from Jeannie's daughter, Joey O'Neill. Bye for now. Maybe tomorrow I want to settle down Till tomorrow the whole world is my home There's a world It's waiting to unfold A brand new tale No one has ever told We've journeyed far But you know it won't be long We're almost there We've paid our fare with the hobo song Follow In Conversation with Ann Romer on Twitter at 1059 The Region This is 1059 The Region